Welcome to the Brave Church Podcast. We're so glad you decided to join us. Wherever you're listening from, we hope you're encouraged and inspired by today's message. We have to understand a few things before we jump into into relationships and, and all of that. One of the things that we have to understand is the biblical definition of love. Because if we don't know where to go, if we don't know what we're aiming for, we'll never hit it, right? Come on. If you, if you don't know where your final destination is, where, you, where you're supposed to end up, you'll never get there. So this message is really setting us up for the next month. So, um, so the, the first thing that I want to bring to you tonight is that we can understand a few things. I want to bring three things to you tonight. The first one is this. I can understand love through the lens of God's love. I can understand love through the lens of God's love. What are you saying, pastor? What I'm saying is this, is that God is the one who created love. God is the author of love. Come on, Hallmark Channel didn't create love. Anybody watch those movies? Come on. I watched a couple at Christmas. They're so corny. It's like, I kind of enjoy the bad acting. It's like, this is just so horrible, but it's great. It's so, there's like, so hope-filled. And um, Hallmark didn't invent that. Disney didn't invent love. All the prince and the princesses, man, they didn't invent love. God invented love. We love Disney, though. Come on. We, I'm, going, I'm going soon. I really am. I'm going, going down there soon. Going up there. It's going to be good. But, but you know what? God invented love because God is love. So we have to understand who God is. We have to be connected to God to understand true love, to understand what love is. And you might be thinking, well, pastor, how do I love God? I I just stepped foot in this church. What are you talking about loving God? That's a great question because every one of us has to figure out that answer. Every single one of us has to figure out how can we love God? This is how we love God. We just continually put him first, right? We continually just make time and set apart our lives for God. We center our lives around God rather than other things. We center our families around God. We center our personal lives around Jesus. We center our businesses around Jesus. We center everything in our life around God. And when we do that, we're honoring him. We're loving him. Man, you will experience God. You will feel God. You will see his activity in your life. But we have to make sure that God is the first thing in our life, right? But it's easy for him to become second if we're honest, right? Like, come on, we're all human. We all know that we all haven't been perfect with God before, and God's okay with that too. Like, he knows. But it's kind of like this. I have a wife. Her name's Crystal, and I love her with all my heart, right? But if I came up to Crystal and I said, you know what, Crystal? I know we've been married for all these years, but I really found somebody that I love more. I'd get a shank right here. I'd be dead. My wife would be in prison. What a great love story. (laughs) but we know that's not that's not cool for anybody like we're laughing because it's like that sounds crazy can I tell you that God he wants to be first in our life God wants to be first he doesn't want to be second and he doesn't want to be third he loves us so much that he wants to be first and not only does he want that it's the best thing for us because we can start to worship a person if God isn't first can I go there please If we don't put God first, a girlfriend, a boyfriend, money, something else will take its place and we will start to worship that thing. You're like, worship that thing, pastor? What are you talking about? I'm not praying prayers to that thing. I'm not, I'm not singing songs to that person. 
Let me ask you this. If something else is first, man, just let's put a person in that place, for example, and all of our hopes revolve around them. Man, if I could just be with this person, man, all of my, my hopes for the future would, 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 be, would be fulfilled. If I could just get with this person, then, then I would just be so happy when an emergency comes. That person's the very first person that we run to every single time. And man, God's not even a part of that picture. I don't know about you, but it sounds like worship to me. Come on. Come on, if we could just be real in this place, man, that happens so often. And if it's happening right now, it's okay. Let's, let's make some changes. Uh, money can be in that place. We can, put all, we can put our kids in that place. Man, our kids get all of our time, all of our attention. You name it, man, we are perfect at replacing God in our lives. We are so good at it. So what we have to do is we have to have self-awareness because if we begin replacing God, even with good things, God is still being replaced. And the love of God isn't really happening in our lives, isn't really manifesting in our lives. We're not truly experiencing God. So what we need to do is we need to realize that, God, I'm going to put you first above everything. You are going to be the number one thing that I aim for. You're going to be the number one thing that I center my lives around. And this is what you're going to experience. You want to know what you're going to experience when that happens? This is what's going to happen. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. It says, love is patient. Love is kind. It doesn't envy. It doesn't boast. It's not proud. It doesn't dishonor others. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered, and it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It protects, it trusts, it hopes, and it perseveres. Come on, that is the kind of love that we experience when God is truly first in our lives, and we experience it to the greatest measure when he's first. That's the kind of love that God wants us to have in our relationships. That's the basis for love for our friendships, for, for our relationships with our kids is this kind of love. But can I tell you, that's supernatural. Come on, we can't manufacture that. We might be able to pull off one of those things, a couple of those things, but one of the things that happens when God is first is we get, is we get to, man, the fruit of that comes out of our life, all of those things. How many of you want all of those things in your marriage? Come on. How many of you want all of those things in your relationship with your kids? How many of you want all of those things? I want all of those things in my life. So I decided just to flip those. I don't know about you. I like doing things. I, I like flipping things and just seeing, I like evaluating things. So I flipped these, and, and it might be on the screen. I don't know, but I flipped the adjectives. I think that's what it, adjectives or verbs. I don't know. It's been a long time. One of those, the, the ones where the words mean something, you know. Um, you're like, what are you talking about? I flipped the words. That's what I did, okay? I flipped the words. And this is what I came out with. My, my interpretation. Love is rushed. All right, tender, anybody? <laughs> I'm not hating. I've never used it. Maybe it's a great thing. But swipe right feels rushed. <laughs> if that's the way you swipe, I don't know. Send me an email. Um, <laughs> love is harsh. It's envious, it's boastful and proud, it dishonors others, it's self-seeking. One night stands, anybody? It's easily angered, it keeps a record. Love doesn't delight in good, but it's pleased with secrets. Pornography, anybody? It won't protect, trust, hope, or persevere. For me, that relates and makes me feel a lot of the messages that I get from culture in the world. That love is so selfish, that love is so... Man, this is the kind of love that takes. 
and not gives. But our God gives us the basis for real love. And it's a love that is giving and giving and giving and giving and not taking and taking and taking. Can I tell you that the healthier relationships we have in our life are the ones where we are giving? Come on, when we are giving. I think that, you know, it reminds me of John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he, he gave our God has just given and given and given. So for us to have healthy love in our life, we have to be people that get used to giving. And it's when we are continually given to by God that we can continually just give freely because it's flowing in our life. See, I believe love can dwindle in a relationship when we stop giving. Right? Maybe you're dating, maybe you're married, and, and, and you stop giving time. You stop giving patience. You stop giving understanding. You stop giving, man, just grace, right? I think we've all been there. We're, we're not perfect. And we start to think, well, this person hasn't given me this. That my, my wife hasn't done this. The person that I, I'm interested in, they haven't done this. And, and it becomes this transactional thing. Love is about giving. Love is not about taking. So we stop being successful in our relationships when we just start taking and a cue for us with that is normally our relationship with God is suffering when that's happening. It's just true. The, when, when you feel selfish on the inside and you're like, man, I just feel off. Man, your relationship with God's probably like gone down a couple notches and let's fix that tonight. No judgment. We're, not, we're all human. We're, we're, we're imperfect. We got we to gotta figure this thing out. So tonight I'm here to help you figure it out. You ready for number two? All right, I'm ready for this. I can understand love through the lens of God's love, but then the next thing is understanding God's design. Someone say design. design. God has an incredible design for relationships. He has an incredible design for marriage. He has an incredible design for us to, um, to walk in purity and to walk with standards and to walk with a, in a way that honors him. I can tell you that when I started dating my wife, Crystal, many years ago, in the early 2000s, um, which some of you are like, oh, please, I've been married, you know, whatever. But it's a long time for me. And I started dating Crystal, and she was the first long-time relationship and the last long-time relationship I ever had being a Christian. And I was so scared of messing it up. I to do this. I don't want to mess up. Right. So we were so careful and we were so, man, just on top of making sure we did it God's way. So when we got into the relationship, we put a pastor over our relationship. I said, pastor, look, you have the, um, the authority and permission to speak into our relationship. If you see something that's off, you have permission to tell me anything and I'll, I'll start making some changes. Right? I put a pastor over our relationship. We had, um, we had both spoken about things that we, would, um, that we would both do, just standards that we would, that we would uphold. So we were, always, we, were, we were always just out in public. We were never just in private, right, all the time. We, were never, we never wanted to put ourselves in that position because we knew God was very clear on being pure. So we, we were always in public. I was so scared of messing this thing up and you're going to laugh at this, and you're going to think I'm crazy, but it's okay, that our first real kiss was when we got married. You're like, what? <laughs> 6 p.m. is like, <laughs> it's a tilt, a little tilt. And, but that's how, that's how important it was for me to, 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 stay, to stay pure. 
and, and to keep that. And I'm not saying that's for everybody. You're like, man, I can't do this Christian thing. That was for me. <laughs> I'm not quoting a scripture. No scriptures coming after that. But that's what I did. And I can tell you, man, can I just tell you something? I did that, right? I did what the world says was insane, right? What the world says was crazy. And can I tell you that I feel like we didn't miss out on anything, that we have such a healthy marriage, that we have such a healthy relationship. So I can just tell you that people might laugh at your standards. People might laugh at the barriers and just the things that you're doing to protect your, your purity and protect each other. But come on, you don't have to test drive that person before you get married. <laughs> you don't. You don't need to go around the block. You don't need to visit the dealer and take it out for a spin. You can do it God's way and be successful. Come on. Well, I'll show you a picture. So I got down on one knee at our favorite place in the world. <laughs> yeah. I get, I'm like, I love that picture so much. Yeah, proposed at Magic Kingdom way back before, you know, PhotoPass, you could get somebody's band and get all the pictures. The, the, like the pictures were like 80 bucks. <laughs> so, so we got, yeah, so... She still looks great. You know, someone, in, someone mentioned freshman 15. I'd say 30, you know. So if you're getting married, come on, eat healthy, do all the right things. You never know. Hey, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Um, but it was a long time ago. But can I tell you that doing it God's way never disappoints. And the Bible, let me tell you this, the Bible's the lens we should be looking through in our dating relationships. The Bible's the lens that we should be looking through in our marriage. Come on, culture's not our lens. Magazines, books, they're not our lens. Movies isn't our lens. Come on, culture and what, what society says isn't our lens. What we have to get to is a place where we say, you know what, God, you are the lens. You are the source. You are the answer. If I'm not sure what to do, I'm going to look it up. I'm going to look up in Scripture what I need to do because God is the designer of relationships. He made them. He was... This wasn't some societal construct. By society, this was something that God made. These relationships, God made them first. But I know not every answer in the Bible is popular. Come on. I know it's not popular to stay pure until marriage. I know that it's not popular to, to have standards when it comes to, to things like this. But my job as a pastor is to not, man, just make culture and society kind of fit into the Bible. My job is to make the Bible fit into our lives. Come on. That's our job is to make the Bible and our lives line up to Scripture. Not for our lives to fit into culture, but kind of fit into the Bible. No, our lives are meant to fit into Scripture. And since God designed it all, come on, He designed us, He designed you, He designed me. The best thing that we can do is do what He says. Because everything, everything works better that way. I love what Hebrews 4 says. It says, for the Word of God is active and alive. Come on, even if you got a digital Bible open right now, it is active and alive right now. Come on, it's draining your battery faster. It's so alive right now. If you got a, man, come on. Scripture is, is supernatural. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. You know what we should be excited about? The Bible judging us. <laughs> People are like, don't judge me. Oh. I'm not let the Bible like let's let the Bible judge us all the time now it's kind of good when we get some conviction 
I think the older you get as like a Christian, the more excited you get to be convicted. You're like, man, I needed that. Man, I needed, I needed that to convict me. Because oftentimes the Bible will convict us before it transforms us. Oftentimes it'll offend us before it changes us. So if you get offended by the, by the word, man, you should just be like, I'm so glad I'm offended right now. I'm so mad. I have to make all these changes in my life. But let me tell you, Jesus and your life, man, Jesus' activity in your life, God's blessing in your life, man, it is worth every change that you have to make today. It is worth every change that you have to make down the road. Man, I'm so excited that we have a God who has designed us and he has given us a blueprint on what we're supposed to do. Is this good? All right. Good. So for all my people who want to date, I want to give you some tips. Anybody want some tips? Well, first, here's the process. All right. Can we just look at the process? Genesis 2. This is the process in one sentence. This is why a man leaves his father and mother, hopefully. Amen. Um, Sometimes it takes a minute, I know. And is united (laughs) to his wife. And they become one flesh. All right. Can we, we put all the pieces together? That is God's process in one sentence. So here's the process leading up to that and some tips that I would give you. The first thing is this. When you're dating, date with the aim that you're going to get married. Okay. Now, don't start the relationship like that. Like, hey, would you go on a date with me? By the way, are you interested in getting married in six months? <laughs> That's so you're like six months. Crystal, Crystal wanted to wait a year. I was like, baby, we can do this in eight months. We can make it happen. We can, she wanted it. We did it. And, but it's important for us to not date because we're bored. <laughs> Look, I know Valentine's Day is coming up. And I know somebody's going to inbox you. But can I tell you that the person that's for you, come on, the person that, that God is going to send your way, Man, it should be somebody where we're taking it serious together, right? You don't have to be like, oh, I'm going to marry this person, but there should be a seriousness about what we're doing, about why we're dating. So we should date with that in mind. The second thing is this. We should seek God's guidance. Oh, man, come on. We like to have things our own way, but sometimes it's such a blessing if God shows us that's not the right person. Man, aren't you so thankful when you just know you avoided a mistake? Anybody just dated somebody in high school and you're like, thank God. <laughs> that didn't work out. They didn't ate. No, I'm not going there. <laughs> you see them at the high school you were in and you're like, wow, glad that didn't work out. <laughs> Seek God's guidance. We should pray. Come on, we should pray. We should say, you know what, God? This relationship, I don't own it. This is the, I'll give this to you. Show me wisdom. Give me wisdom. Show me if this is right for me. If it's not, then I, I'm okay with that. Because you're God and I'm not, and you know me better than I know myself. We should seek God's guidance. Psalm 119 says, your word is a lamp for my feet, a light to my path. Come on, no one wants to walk in the dark. Man, I got kids. I step on Legos in the dark all the time. I wish Jesus would save me from those. But he will save you from a relationship that you might be walking in the dark with. Number three is this. This is so important if you're taking notes. We need to date believers. Date believers. You're like, that's harsh. That's judgmental. Just wait. 
2 Corinthians 6.14 says, Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. Now, let me show you something. Is, is believers are an incredible fit with other believers. Unbelievers are an incredible fit with unbelievers. And the reason why is because of our faith and our values and where they're taking us. Let me show you a picture of some... Someone corrected me. They're like, those are bulls, Pastor. I've been calling them cows all day. Does anybody know up in Orlando that I don't know? I was like, oh, I thought bulls were extinct. I don't know. I, <laughs> I grew up in Orlando that I don't know what those things are. But, um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but on that thing right there is a yoke, right? And you're like, you thought I was talking about egg yolks. No, I'm t- that's a yoke right there. <laughs> Hold those bulls together. And something happens when we get into a relationship, right? Something gets wrapped around your neck. No, I'm kidding. Um, something happens. <laughs> You're strangled. If it's the right relationship, you won't be, okay? But seriously, we, we get paired together, right? We get paired together just like that. And these are actually a perfect match. They're the same height, and it looks like they're probably going the same direction, Right there, that that's a good match um, for for pulling the weight. And something happens when we start to date, especially when we get married, is we we become yoked with somebody. We in our life we become paired up with somebody. And can I tell you that um, there is nothing that you want more than to be paired up with someone who has the same beliefs and the same values and wants the same things and has the same vision? Because man, they might be cute to start right? They might have a fat wallet to start, right? It might look good at the beginning, but if you are unequally yoked, something happens. If one of those things is shorter or going in a different direction, you know what happens? They go in circles. (laughs) So if you want to go in circles for decades, be unequally yoked. Maybe. I don't know. God knows. If you want to be if you want to go in circles and you're pulling kids behind you and you're pulling, uh, you know, finances behind you and you're pulling a house payment behind you and you're pulling car payments behind you, don't you want somebody that isn't going to go in circles or you're going different ways and you're pulling against each other? Come on, God is trying to save us time. God is trying to save us heartache. God is trying to get us with someone who's going to go the same direction. And you know what direction that is? It's towards him. I get excited about that. So, so if you're dating somebody and you know you're unequally yoked, right? You know you're going in different directions. Oh, you can take them off. I don't know. <laughs> it's got cow, bulls staring at me. I'm just like, don't look at me anymore. <laughs> if you are unequally yoked and you're dating somebody right now, um, I, would, I would strongly encourage you to really pray about that situation because it's easy now. It might feel easy, it might feel like a fit now, but one of two things is going to happen. Either they're going to become a believer, which I've seen very rarely, or you're going to suffer in your relationship with God. That's what's going to happen. Sometimes is, I mean, that's typically what happens. So I'm not judging here. I'm just saying, like, these are things that, these are real life things. This is the naked truth about our lives. We can even be married and start to get unequally yoked. And, and, and that's a real thing. I'm going to talk about that in a second. And on how to fix that. But if you're dating right now, if you're a believer and you're living for God, if an unbeliever comes your way, you don't have to pray about that person. You don't have to say, God, is this the one for me? The answer has already been given to us. 
No, it's, he's not the one. She's not the one. If she starts coming to church, come on, it's serving and going to Brave Life, which you could still jump in next week. Then maybe. But we, I got high standards for everybody in this church. I'm like, we set our goals high. We're not going to settle. We're going to go high. <laughs> We're going to aim high. So if you want to rock in a relationship by God's design, we need to do it God's way. Because um, when we do it outside of God's way, man, it just, things can fall apart. And trust me, you don't want things to fall apart. You don't want them to, and I don't want them to for you. And you're like, but pastor, what about me? I'm married to an unbeliever. Or my spouse, maybe they're just kind of struggling right now and we're in this weird place. Can I tell you that 1 Corinthians chapter 7 gives us direction that we should not divorce our unbelieving spouse. That we should do all that we can to stay with that person. Unless they abandon us. Which, don't try to get them to abandon you. Don't, don't, <laughs> don't do that. you got to have integrity in your heart with this. But seriously, God says that you should stay with your spouse. And you're like, well, how can I do it? It's so hard. I'll give you some tips on how you can do it because I know it's not easy. And my heart truly goes out because I know that it can probably happen in more relationships than, than, than we like to maybe even think about. But it can happen because, man, the enemy's tricky. The devil's tricky. Our flesh is tricky. And it can get, get us off path, off, off course. So here's some steps if this is you. The first thing I would tell you is be a peacemaker. Be a peacemaker in your marriage. Come on, I know it's frustrating, but, but be a peacemaker. Be praying. Be, be with God, and, and he will give you the strength. The second thing I would say is do this. Let your actions share your testimony and your faith. They might need, not need the Bible beat over their head with this scripture and that scripture and all of that. They might just need to see Jesus through you, and that might help them come to believe. The third thing that I, was, I would tell you is don't try to fix them. All right, we love to fix people, don't we? And we do it by sharing our opinion. We're like, you know what? You know how I feel? And then that's how we try to fix people. But I would say don't try to fix people. Don't try to force them to do something because people know, we know when we're being forced into something. The last thing I would tell you is this, never stop praying. Never stop praying. If that's you tonight, never stop praying. Keep praying for them. Keep praying over them because one of the great things about prayer is that they are defenseless against your prayers. They are defenseless against what God is doing. Man, and, and what God is about to do is he's going to, he's going to take the blinders off of their life. They're going to, he's going to show them what to do. He's going to lead, and I believe your prayers are going, to, are going to become manifest in their life. It's incredible. But relationships are complicated, right? Can we all agree on that? They're so complicated, and... Um, and we live in a very emotional city and time. I mean, we love our city of Miami, but come on, we got some emotions. <laughs> we do. I mean, since I've moved here um, four years ago, my emotions have just skyrocketed. It's just been excellent. I'm just kidding. But, but seriously, we live, I would say our state's an emotional state. We're very extroverted. We, we say what's on our minds. We say how we feel. And we, we are very moved by things. And we are very um, urged to do things. And we feel things deeply. And we, wanna, we have desires to do things. But sometimes we need to pull back on those things. And we need to say, you know what? I need to pull back on my feelings. That I need to lean into God's word and into God's design. Because if I do things by my feelings. Come on. We've all done it. If I do things by my feelings. If I do things by the way that I'm urged to do. Or that I just desire to do, man, it's eventually going to collapse because we're not doing it by God's design. We're doing it by our own design.
So I'm here to help you today. Come on, I don't want your life to collapse like Ikea furniture after five years. Let's go. <laughs> I don't want your marriage to be made of particle board and things that are too small to hold up everything. I just, I want your, your marriage and your relationship and your life to be just so solid and so healthy. And it happens when we walk in God's design. Last thing is this. I can understand love through the lens of God's process. God's process. Right now we're going to talk about the big S in relationships, which is what? Sanctification. Some people, you cheated. You were here earlier. <laughs> Sanctification. You're like, Pastor, what are you talking about? What kind of Bible word is that? Sanctification is this. This is the process that God wants us to be in all the time, to be continually transformed. Sanctification is this, if you're taking notes, the process of becoming holy and free from sin. The process of becoming holy and free from sin. God wants you to live a pure life. God wants your love life to be, to be healthy and pure. First Corinthians says this, flee from sexual immorality. There's the S word right there. Flee from sexual immorality, run from it. Every other sin a man can commit is outside of his body, but he who sins sexually sins against his own body. Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, who, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Come on. I hope that makes you feel valuable tonight. You were bought with a price that if you are a believer, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Man, God living inside of you. You are just like a walking version of God everywhere that you go. So what God is saying is flee from anything sexually immoral, but run to me instead. Just be filled with me because God's process for relationships and God's process for intimacy is so clear in the Bible. It says this in Genesis that we are to that that when a couple gets married, they unite the two into one flesh after they get married. And you're like, well, pastor, I'm, I'm not a virgin and I'm not married. Well, there's a lot of people that can relate to that. And what I would say is that God is a God who can make you new again. God is a God who doesn't hold things against us, but he forgives us and gives us a new start. What happens during sex and intimacy is very powerful. Powerful chemicals are released in the brain that are meant to draw a husband and wife together. And these chemicals are said to be four times more powerful than morphine. They, these chemicals literally rewire our brain and they do this. It's God's design for this to happen because it rewires our brain to connect with that person that that is happening with. Can you see where, where, where God is going with this? So God made this incredible thing to happen physio physiologically inside of our brains that would unite us not only spiritually but physically into one flesh. So when we go outside of God's design and God's process and we begin to unite ourselves with other people or unite ourselves with images on, online and pornography, we begin to not only just um, our brain in a way experience those things, but we begin to unite ourselves and we, we begin to rewire our our brain in a way that's devastating and harmful because it's meant to draw a man and a wife together so you can see that intimacy and sex are not these selfish pleasurable acts that happen and, and once they happen you're done no they were designed by God to unite a woman and a man closer together and unite them in a way that is not only supernatural but physical 
So God wants our brains to be wired in such a way that it's healthy. You're like, maybe, you know, maybe you're here tonight and you feel like, man, I've gone down the road. I, I, I've, man, <laughs> everything you just talked about, I've, you know, kind of crossed that line. But God loves you tonight. And oftentimes I found that when we cross that line, when we, when we go there, what is really happening is we're trying to satisfy a genuine need that we have in our life the wrong way. But pastor, I'm so lonely. I'm so lonely. I just, man, I just, I, I get gratification from that. But pastor, I, I just, when all this pressure comes, that, that just seems to be what happens. Can I tell you tonight that when we put the Lord first, when we put Jesus first, he will be the one to satisfy the loneliness. He will be the one to walk us through the pressure. He will be the one to walk us through the temptation. And I can tell you that you can remain pure no matter what culture says, that you can keep your purity, that you can uh, begin new today. And tonight, I'm gonna pray over healing over every person in this room where you're like, man, I've been bonded with too many people. I believe Jesus is gonna set you free tonight. And you might be saying, well, pastor, I'm not dealing with any of that. I just wanna get into a relationship. I'm doing everything right. I'm doing everything you're talking about. And I'm just getting older and I wanna get, I wanna get married. My abuela won't stop asking me when I'm going to give her grandkids. You got to tell her, abuelita, calmate. <laughs> I'm so bad. I'm so bad. I'm working on it, guys. <laughs> tell me how to say it later. But tell her to chill. Come on. God knows the timing. God knows the timing. Can I tell you that being single is a gift? You're like, man, it doesn't feel like it sometimes, Pastor. Let me tell you why being single is a gift. 1 Corinthians chapter 7. I'm not trying to break anybody up. I'm just trying to talk to people today. <laughs> you might be like, yeah, maybe I'll be single for a little bit. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 19. An unmarried man is concerned about the Lord's affairs, how he can please the Lord. But a married man is concerned. So there is a gift world, how he can please his wife and his interests are divided. So there is a gift that happens when we are not married and we are single. The gift is this. We can be so about the things of God. We can allow God to transform us in every way. Come on, our interests aren't divided. Our time isn't divided. What we're thinking about isn't divided. So I'm not telling anybody to break up or do anything. All I'm saying is if you're single right now, man, don't, don't spend your entire life trying to find the perfect person. Just allow God to make you the perfect person and you'll get the perfect person. You'll get the right person. So quit being desperate, quit searching, quit doing this and doing that, and trust that the Lord is gonna direct your steps to the right person. Your interests won't be divided by marriage and by kids and by all this stuff, and you be can become that perfect person. It's a gift, it's a gift. So don't despise if you're in that right now. If you're in that right now, you are in a great season of your life. And trust me, God is big enough to bring you to that person that is the right person for you. He did it for me. I wasn't desperately searching for a relationship. Me and Crystal just kind of fell into place at the right time. I'm so glad I wasn't all on Match.com. Well, nothing wrong with Match.com. But I wasn't like blasting myself everywhere. I was just letting God do his thing in my life. And I can't even tell you really how we got to, it just like happened. And I think so many things that God does, they just kind of happen. They just fall into place. There's no effort. There's no trying to shove your way through. There's no way just trying to make it happen. Man, God makes it happen. And he does all the work. Come on. Who wants God to do the work? God, you do the work. 
So this kind of thing isn't always popular, being single, being pure, I get that. Might be a lot for you to take in today. But the last thing that some of us need is a relationship. Teenager, I love you so much, but you're in the formative years of your life right now. I'm not saying it's sinful to be in a relationship, but I've seen breakups define teenagers and not God. And I, I don't know about you, but I would, I would want to be a teenager where God defined who I am, not a breakup. Young adult, you might be worried about your age. You might be worried about what your family's saying, all this kind of stuff. All I have to tell you is that you're in the prime of your life and that God says that if you will be a godly person, he will direct your steps and you can leave all the work to him. Sir, ma'am, maybe you used to be married and you're not sure what's next or maybe you're married and you're not sure what to do. Man, this is just a great opportunity for you to continually draw closer to God, for you to continually just pray and put God first. I want to share with you one of my favorite scriptures in all of the Bible. I've kind of been quoting it, but Psalm 37, this is one of my life scriptures. The Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. I don't know about you, but I get excited when I read that scripture because you know what that's saying? If we will put God first, if we will make him the center of our life, if we will look through his lens, something's gonna happen. He will direct the steps of, our, of the godly. You know what that also means? You will automatically end up in the right place. You will automatically end up with the right person. I don't know about you, but I like that guarantee from God that whatever does it first, even though maybe my feelings don't feel like it, even though maybe time doesn't feel like it, whatever doesn't feel like it, if I put him first, he will direct my steps and every single thing will automatically fall into place in my life. Maybe you're here tonight and you feel like, man, my life is just kind of out of whack. My relationships are out of whack. Can I tell you today that you can walk out of this place with 2020 vision, right? Something in your heart, a confirmation in your heart. You can become a godly person tonight. Come on, you can become a person who loves God tonight and he will, you will just see him ordering your steps. You will just know it's, man, that is just God leading me where I need to go. And you're in this place tonight. And I just want to encourage you that God is going to direct your steps if we put him Thanks for joining us for today's message from Brave Church. For more information or to get in touch with us, visit us at bravemiami.com.